everyone. My name is Nadira Perkins. My name is Maria Vera. Uh, I'm Cole Turner. I'm Richard Velasquez. And we are Group 10, and we are going to focus on appreciative inquiry. Appreciative inquiry is a way to appreciate and recognize what has value. The main purpose of AI is to focus on what works. Benedictine University defines this concept, appreciative inquiry, as a strength-based positive approach to leadership development and organizational change. Appreciative inquiry can be used by individuals, teams, organizations, or even at the societal level. In this case, we're going to focus on appreciative inquiry at the organizational level. Teams and organizations use appreciative inquiry to understand best practices, develop strategic plans, shift culture, and create forward momentum on large-scale initiatives. AI is made up of a number of phases, principles, steps practitioners will use when working through the process with organizations. There is a five-step cycle, and it contains define, discover, dream, design, and destiny, or deliver. In the first step, define, you would identify what the topic is. Step two, discover, appreciate what the best of what is. Step three, dream, imagine what could be. Step four, <laughs> design, determine what should be. And step five, deliver, would be creating what will be. What is expected when using appreciative inquiry is instead of using problem-solving methods, AI focuses on appreciating what is already working for the organization before creating new ways to advance to future possibilities. Rather than focusing on a particular problem, appreciative inquiry allows the organization to move beyond it and focus on the future. As a result, this will help the organization get better results when solving problems, plan and innovate ideas, and reach goals faster. Now, Maria will address underlying theories, including historical events. Thank you. To understand underlying theories of appreciative inquiry, we need to look at the key historical events of, of, about appreciative inquiry. The birthplace and co-founding of appreciative inquiry was during a doctoral program in organizational behavior at Case Western Reserve University. David Cooperwriter and Suresh Servesta collaborated in 1980. Cooperwriter becomes an important person to innovation of appreciative inquiry. First large site where a conscious decision to use inquiry focusing on life-giving factors forms the bias of an organizational analysis took place in, in a Cleveland clinic. The term we use of appreciative inquiry was first written about an analytical footnote from a feedback report of emerging themes mm -hmm. by Cooper Ryder and Servesta. This report created a powerful and positive stir. The board called for ways to use method within the whole group practice. Cooperwriter had one of the best articulations of theory practices of appreciative inquiry. Much of the development of appreciative inquiry took place in 1980s. In 1982, Ken Gurdon published Towards Transformation of Social Knowledge. The new method would be called generative theory, which Cooperwriter would describe as theory has the range to challenge the guiding assumptions of culture to appreciative inquiry and fundamental questions regarding complementary life to foster reconsideration of which is taken for granted and thereby furnish new alternatives for social action. This was one of the first underlying theories we discovered. Cooper Ryder was passionate about appreciative inquiry. In 1986, 
He completed his doctoral dissertation, Appreciative Inquiry Towards a Methodology of Understanding and Enhancing Organizational Innovation. This marks the first time that term appreciative inquiry appeared in a professional publication. In 1987, in San Francisco, the first public workshop of appreciative inquiry took place. It was promoted by two MBA students and Cooper Ryder being the key presenter. Appreciative inquiry becomes known as the power of positive thought and action in organizations becoming underlying theory. One of the most important years of appreciative inquiry, in my opinion, was 1996. I say this because appreciative inquiry was successfully applied to diversity work. The organizational development practitioner published two issues devoted to appreciative inquiry. In 2004, 500 CEOs, society leaders, UN leaders attended summit about appreciative inquiry. Secretary General Kofi, in opening remarks, he said, this is the largest and highest level gathering of leaders from business, labor, and civil society ever hold in the United Nations. With all these developments, do you think appreciative inquiry lived up to its promises? This question was asked to Wick Van Der Vaart, which he responded with, appreciative inquiry might be able to help our politicians, our neighbors, our clients, our students to make sense of what is happening and to move forward. Turner, can you give the three key points? Yeah, so basically, in other words, like appreciative inquiry, AI is simply like the positive in intervention. So like many times you'll always hear groups or teams talk about the room for improvement technique, but you really do not hear about groups discussing like the positive that has happened in the different discoveries, the possible futures and even achievements. Yes, there's, you know, always room for improvement, but the real key is to understand the importance of expressing AI and realizing sometimes that it is okay to celebrate the good when it comes to interventions. <clears throat> so I like this one um, quote that I wrote from one of these articles. It's uh, helping a person navigate the waters of their own positive memories so their values, hopes, and ambitions can be extremely rewarding, not only for, you know, his inner... Um, interlocutor but for the person themselves and unlock new um, trajectories for the unleashing of their potential so some personal experience that i've witnessed with uh ai or appreciative uh, inquiry refers to my internship this past summer so i worked for this hr consulting company called edop solutions that and one thing that i really enjoyed and took with me for when i graduate and start my career was their use for a, of a kwl so basically it's like a reflection of your week so it gives you a small breather to like regroup and focus on the positive things that have happened so kwl stands for the what i know what i want to know and what i've learned so it's an interesting concept that creates pos positivity for the organization and lets each person give themselves some praise on the growth they have had for that week this so this small exercise helped keep our momentum going for using AI in, our, AI in our workplace and working and building up on our strengths rather than our weaknesses. So like I said, AI is used in organizational management as well. It involves using your strengths to find new ideas and ways for growth instead of focusing on the faults and the weaknesses that most companies usually practice. So it is all about taking what you ha have that is working well and applying that to new possibilities that may expand and help a multiple multitude of other areas. So an example of AI used in the real world is Walmart, for instance. So AI was behind Walmart's um, sustainability drive. 
and the creation of the sustainability index for measuring progress toward the goal of using 100% renewable energy and having zero waste throughout the life cycle of all its products. So that is a surprising goal for a business that depends on volume and tight margins, and it probably wouldn't have come out of a traditional strategy session, you know. So in many cases, AI can lead to worse situations. There's always the uncertainty of actual of actual organizational improvement. So many organizations take their implement um, implementation wrong and the results are weak. So the startup of using AI and having the beginner ambition is great, but that ambition and eagerness dwindles down. And so, and all hope, you know, ends up getting lost. And so it is important to work with your strengths and opportunities than focusing on weaknesses or, or threats, you know. And I'm gonna pass this over to Richard, who has a couple of key points for us. Well, appreciative inquiry is an approach utilized in academia business and the not-for-profit sectors. As mentioned before, uh, the primary pioneer of appreciative inquiry is widely recognized to be David Copperwriter. Copperwriter had one of the best articulations of the theory and practices for AI. And because of him, we have a better understanding of what appreciative inquiry truly is and the importance it is to an organization. Appreciative inquiry flips all of its heads. It is an asset-based approach. It begins with the belief that every organization and each individual in that organization has something great about it. Every individual has something important to contribute and the organization itself has value of some kind. It possesses questions like what's working, what's acceptable about what you're currently doing, traditional methods for serving and assessing a situation afterwards. Proposing solutions are based on a deficiency model. Traditional methods ask questions, for example, what are the issues, what's going on, or what should be fixed? Sometimes such questions are sugar-coated. Instead of asking what's the problem, which can seem a little harsh, the question can maybe couched in terms of challenges. What are the challenges regardless of whether the question is asked harshly or soften with less hostile language? The model remains one of remains as one of one of the deficiencies. The thinking behind the questions assume that there is something wrong, that something needs to be fixed or solved. Business people like to say that they can provide solutions. The underlying belief is that something is wrong and it needs to be fixed. Appreciative inquiry looks, looks to reveal the best of what an organization is currently doing using interviews within, with its individuals. The interview challenged participants to expect, inspect and examine what is acceptable about the current situation and explore what functions will inside the organization. This approach then utilizes the information gathered from those interviews to develop a plan for improving the organization by building on what is already working and what is not considered as successful. The example provided in our podcast is a perfect example how appreciative inquiry should impact you. Giving a reflection of your week should help you regroup and focus on more positive things that happen. This can help an individual keep themselves motivated within the organization Growth should always be praised at any any given time to help keep positive organization. It was also brought up that appreciative inquiry can lead to worse situations if organizational improvement is uncertain. Some results can come back weak and can also have an implementation wrong. The point of using appreci appreciative inquiry is to make a positive impact within the organization since 
AI involves using strength and finding new ideas. It is important to work on strength and opportunities to help keep organization in a positive standpoint rather than weaknesses or threats where you can lose individuals due to lack of motivation. All right. And I think that wraps up our AI podcast for today. Does anyone else have, have any other uh, stuff they want to throw in there maybe or anything like that? I no, I think we hit the nail on the head. All right. There we go. Well, I appreciate you guys listening and hopefully you like it. Thank you so much. Thank you.